Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where we here chat to those who make the magic of theatre from behind the scenes, from writers to directors, producers to designers. And on today's episode, we have Olivia Zakaria, the musical director of Stranger Sings, which is currently playing at the Southwark Playhouse in London until the 6th of January, before then touring the country until May 2024. I had a wonderful chat with Olivia a couple of weeks ago. It's very rare that we get a musical director onto the podcast so it's really nice to talk a little bit more about what a musical director does in a show as well as Olivia being the live musical director for Stranger Things so we get to hear a little bit about what the difference is from a musical director to a live musical director. This is also our last episode of 2023 so it's nice to be able to round this year off with someone who not only has worked currently with the show but is touring all across the country right the way through into 2024. So I really hope that you've had a wonderful Christmas and an upcoming new year and I really hope you enjoy this final episode of The Stagey Place in 2023 with episode 127 with Olivia Zakaria. Hello Olivia and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. Olivia, you are the live musical director for Stranger Sings, which is back in London at the Southwark Playhouse this festive season. It's all yeah. very exciting because then straight away after that, you are going back on tour with the show from January till May, which feels like quite a long stretch of touring. And that sounds incredible. I know that you've been touring the show currently at the moment as we record. How has the touring process been with this show? Yeah, it's been great. We opened in August at Suffolk Playhouse. We had a month-long run there. And then we started the tour in September, first leg of it. So September to now, actually, so end of November, we've been all over the country. Mm. And then December, we've got our Christmas run, as you say. And then, yeah, another leg until May 2024. So it's been crazy. And we are literally going everywhere in the UK. So that's great. I mean, I was praying for an island date, but we haven't got anything yet. But maybe, who knows? Yeah, yeah, touring's been absolutely fantastic. It's been such a good experience. Yeah, I guess like with touring and then having like the London run again, like you've had it in August now coming back for Christmas. With the touring, there must be quite a lot of turnaround because you're only doing like one or two dates like here and there obviously when you are touring do you ever get to look around these cities and places that you're in because of such a tight turnaround with your shows yeah it's actually so funny because a lot of people are like oh wow you get to see so many places in the country and you're like no all I really see is like the travel lodge or the premier inn that we're staying in and like the pub after it if we go for a drink if we're not tired but no it is great I mean this tour is very compact we normally do one or two days in each venue there's been a couple of venues actually where we've stayed a lot longer which have been great so we were in Cardiff for five days Uh, so that was great and we got to explore Cardiff but yeah we've all been trying to cram in as much as we can in each like town that we've been to I think we've done quite well so far actually but yeah, it's it's hard trying to see everything in the venues that we're at. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it means when you get back to the Southwark Playhouse and you're there for, what is it, four or five weeks at the Southwark yeah. Playhouse? You'll be able to have that base where you can just not worry about doing get-outs every other day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can just, you know, be fixed in the one place, which is great. And it's in London over Christmas, which is such a treat to happen. <laughs> yeah, and such a wonderful venue as well at the Southwark Playhouse. So, you know, you'll be really looked after, which will be amazing. So, so Olivia, today we're going to talk a lot about Stranger Things. But first of all, my first question, I ask everybody who comes onto the podcast is how they found their entry point into theatre and decided that they then wanted to work within the industry itself. So for you, Olivia, where did your entry point come in with theatre? Was this at a young age? And then at which point were you like, I would like to have a career within theatre? Yeah, so, so my parents got me piano lessons when I was four years old. So I started very, very, you know, early on in life. And then strangely, that same year, they took me to see My Fair Lady in London. I believe it was at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane at the time. And obviously, I mean, I was literally like four years old, so I had no idea. I don't know why they thought that was the right show for me to get into theatre at the age of four. But apparently I just sat there and I loved it, even though I have no recollection of it. But yeah, apparently I absolutely loved it. So that was my first piece of theatre that I saw, actually. And then I went to a performing arts secondary school. And I mean, all throughout primary school and secondary school, I always loved theatre. You know, when you do like the nativity or like the weird year five show or something, I was always obsessed. Like it was like the biggest production of my life, like even though it probably wasn't. I just absolutely loved being a part of them, uh, which made me actually think at the time when I entered secondary school, I thought I wanted to potentially be a performer mm. on stage. Uh, which is very rogue. I don't know why that was in my head. I don't know where that came from. But I was, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to take performing arts GCSE and I'm going to be a performer. And I got into a performing arts secondary school, uh, which was great. And I went down the music route. And in year nine, I was asked whether I would play the keyboard for the school production in the pit, which was honk. And I literally had no idea about what any of that was really. And I did it and it literally was the best experience of my life doing my first sits probe I literally couldn't even it was just amazing I couldn't even contain myself I was like oh my god this is the best thing ever but at the time I was like okay this is what I want to do in the future but I soon realized that you don't usually just play the keyboard in the pit you're normally the musical director or the assistant or associate there's not lots of shows where like you're just a key holder like you just play the keys so yeah I then went down the route of musical directing there was a really great musical director at the school who took me under his wing and showed me everything about like what he did and I learned so much about the job I learned how to program my own keyboard and it was great and I mean yeah that was my real entry point and from there so it was in year nine I just never really looked back I was like this is what I want to do with my life and I thankfully still want to do that <laughs> which yeah. is great. And isn't it great also that you had that teacher to show you what you could do as well? Like clearly the, the teachers that you had at that performing arts school were really encouraging about showing you what you can do and what you can achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it was just great that we, I mean, it's such a niche field. And I remember when I was younger as well, there wasn't a lot of resources on it. And the things that, you know, the job entails, like warming up and 
keyboard programming, conducting, but in like a musical setting. So like from the keyboard, it's it's just such a very different set of skills within the classic music skills. So yeah, it was great to have someone to kind of be like, okay, these are the sort of things you need to get good at. Sight reading and auditions and rehearsals. And I always got to play for the rehearsals, which was such good experience at school. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously now, Olivia, you are a musical director and going on to Stranger Things now then, Tell me a little bit about how this came to land in your lap. Who contacted you? Did you contact people that you wanted to be involved in? Where did this job description for the live musical director turn up with? So Stranger Things had a run at the vaults last year for four months and they had a different musical director for that run. And I was called on by that musical director to Depp on the run because there was a few dates that they couldn't do. And so it was like an emergency Depp at the very last minute. And I depped on it and it, yeah, it went really well. It was great fun. I mean, it was a complete whirlwind, but it was an emergency Depp. So it was pretty much like sight reading this show and just going for it it's such a fun show to do and that was my first introduction to the show I mean I love Stranger Things as well like the show so it was great to actually play it and then when the tour got announced this year I believe there was certain like I think the musical director couldn't make the dates or something and yeah I got asked to do it by the producers which was great and yeah and here we are I said yes (laughs) Yeah, and yes, and now we're here doing this interview. And obviously you were saying there about sight reading, obviously this is an emergency debt role that you were put into. Let's talk then a little bit about what a musical director does every single performance of Stranger Things, for example. Great, so Stranger Things is slightly different, I think, to like a lot of shows but it's just me in Stranger Things so it's just a musical director I don't have a band but yeah so I would be in charge of vocally warming up the cast at the start um, and then when we get to the performance um, I have to fire the click tracks which have the rest of the band and orchestra you know all the, the other instruments on so I have to fire the click tracks program the keyboard so make sure the keyboard programming is correct and keep changing patches conducting the actors on stage, making sure they're in time and obviously playing the show as well. But there's a couple of cues that are for lights as well. So sometimes when I'm conducting, it's not always just for the actors on stage, especially like buttons and things at the end of songs, just so that we're all together if it's not on a click. But yeah, a lot of it's time coded as well with the lights, which is great, which means that as soon as I fire the click, the lights will also change. But obviously that can be terrifying if the click doesn't fire. But we've not had that yet. So that was great. (laughs) So when you're talking about all of that, then it kind of puts into perspective kind of how you were feeling that first time that you were asked to do those couple of dates at the Vault Theatre as well. Had you seen the show at the Vault Theatre before you were then asked to do those couple of dates? No. So when I got asked to do the dates that same day, I did a show watch, which is they invited me to come and watch the show that night. And then the day after that, I sat in with the musical supervisor, Adam, who's amazing. We love Adam. And then I sat in with him next to him at the keyboard and watched him play the show. And then, yeah, the next night I was on. So it was just like a lot of information to take in and then have to just do it. But I think my adrenaline was just running so fast that I, it just happened and it, thankfully was smooth and it was great yeah absolutely so if people are listening to this podcast then and want to come and see Stranger Things tell us a little bit about how it connects to the Netflix series of Stranger Things what story do we follow throughout Stranger Things and you know which characters do we meet so it focuses on 
season one predominantly, but there are little hints to season two and season three as well within the show. Character-wise, it follows everyone. It doesn't follow one specific plot. It does follow a lot of character arcs from the show. Um, And obviously it is a parody as well. So I think it does it really well. It doesn't feel like it's making fun of the show. There's a couple of, you know, jokes and things, but it it feels like it's like hand in hand with the show. Like it's like, here's a really great TV show. We're going to just highlight some funny things about it, but also tell the same story. But yeah, it doesn't feel like it's making fun of it, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I mean, there's been a few people that haven't actually seen the TV show who have come and watched the parody show and they've loved it and they've then gone to watch the TV show. So I think, yeah, I think it works hand in hand together. Yeah. And obviously throughout the whole show, is there a favourite moment that you enjoy conducting? Is there a favourite song, a favourite joke, an in moment within the show itself, like the parodiness of the main show that you enjoy like listening to the audience's reactions or you just enjoy playing every single night? There is a song called Crazy, which is sung by Verity Power, who plays Joyce at this moment. She also plays Will. There's a lot of multi-rolling. And the song is great. It's it's quite complicated on the piano as well, which is fun because it gives me a lot to do. And there's a lot of clip tracks, but the actual song, it's like a homage to Winona Ryder. And it talks about some of, I don't want to give away spoilers, it talks about some of her film history as an actor and then brings in lots of musical theatre references. There's actually quite a few little musical theatre references that we've also put in the show, which has been so fun. I love playing those and seeing if people pick up on it or not, because some of them are a lot nicher than others. So yeah, it's just interesting to see who recognises what. And then there's a couple of times when me and the actors can share like little in moments, like little glances at each other as well, which is always fun. So are you trying to say that sometimes a performance may be different to other performances, depending on like how the audience reacts or how the actors react on stage? Like, do you have a little bit of leeway with like maybe playing a couple more different notes and stuff like this, like in certain performances? Yeah, we have a few little bits where we might milk a moment a bit more. So there's a song called Barb's Turn, which is kind of a parody of Rose's turn, Gypsy, that's sung by the character Bob. And that's a really fun song to play, classic musical theatre, like 11 o'clock number. And yeah, if the audience, you know, really lap up the ending, we we milk that a lot more. I mean, not like too much, but it, it is fun to play on the audience. I mean, every show feels so different. Sometimes the audience find things really funny. And then sometimes they find other bits funny that we've never heard people laugh at before. And we're like, why is that funny? Why are they laughing? So, yeah, it's really interesting, like depending on especially what area of the UK we're in as well. It feels like different places find different things funny, which is great. There is a line also said by Verity that's in Act 2 that she specifically changes to the area that we're in, which is always good and always gets a little laugh as well. Is there a standout moment, whether or not that's an audience reaction or the actor's reaction? into the audience that you can tell us i think for me it's our show in glasgow it was amazing it sold out and it was at the glasgow pavilion and it was great it was fantastic and the audience just erupted as soon as it started and the whole show it just felt so different it felt like we were performing a concert like it was just great Glasgow just loved it which was so fantastic I wish we did more dates there because it was that was I think the highlight of the tour for me yeah that's made me think I recently went to go and see the first shadow in West End of Stranger Things and the audience because it was one of the very early previews 
they just didn't know what was going to be happening. So when certain things happened, and I'm not going to say anything on this podcast, just in case you're wanting to watch it and don't want any spoilers or whatever, there was a moment very on within that first act where literally the whole theatre just like went crazy. And it's like one of those moments where you're like, when nobody really knows what they're going in for when they go and watch these shows. Like like you say, for Stranger Things as well, you have people who haven't watched the TV series who then really still enjoy the show where they then react to moments that they aren't expecting. It's such a wonderful feeling. Yeah. So let's talk then, my final question about Stranger Things. You said there that people have come to see this that haven't watched the TV series, but then go and watch the TV series after because they've enjoyed this parody musical so much. Why else should people come and watch Stranger Things whilst it's on in London or on tour? I mean, I think the main reason is that the performers are so talented and they really do make a parody of the characters. They know the characters inside out and really like play up to the specific inflections of each character, which I think is so great to see. And I think you have to check in with yourself about that. Like they do it so well that you kind of, forget that that isn't the characters on stage and they are you know they they just do that so well and the vocal quality obviously as musical director that's my main priority and the vocal quality of the show is fantastic they're a really great group of singers a lot of comments that we've had actually are oh we didn't expect them to be able to actually sing very well we thought it was a joke we thought the whole thing was just like a a joke show of the th- it was like no it's a, it's an actual show so yeah i you got to go you got to go and see them they're all very very talented we've got a very talented team behind it as well from stage manager to lights to sound everyone's just fantastic yeah, absolutely. Well, that is Strangest Things, which once again, at this time of release, is playing at the Southwark Playhouse in London for its festive season until early January, before then heading out on tour all across the country until the end of May. Many, many dates, and we'll have all of those dates in our episode notes, wherever everyone is listening to this podcast. Olivia, before I let you go, I've got two final questions for you. They're the questions that we ask everybody who comes onto this podcast and circulates really around you and your career. And the first one is advice that you may have for people coming into this industry who maybe want to be a musical director within the future. Maybe they're studying at the moment and want to find the pathway into doing this as a career so Olivia for you what advice would you have for those emerging musical directors yeah so something that's always stuck with me that someone once told me was you should always say yes I mean Mm -hmm. obviously that's kind of subject I mean don't let someone walk over you but if you've been offered a job and you can do it doesn't cause any issues with you taking it take it don't think oh I'm not going to do that because it's in a venue that's like not amazing or you know I, I don't really know any of the people working on it or I think I'm you know might be a bit better than this job like blah, blah 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 because I think it's the people that you meet you never know who you're going to meet on a job and like when I look back at jobs that I definitely at the time thought oh I should, I'm not going to take that I don't think that's going to aid me I don't I don't think I'm going to enjoy that job and um, but I've taken it and maybe the job I was right yeah maybe I didn't enjoy it loads but the people I met on it have literally shaped my career. You just never know who you're going to meet. And I think because this industry is so, you know, reputation based as well, you've got to try and just be a really nice person, nice to work with, because no one wants to work with someone who's horrible. And just treat everyone with respect. It doesn't matter how high up they are in the industry, lower down or starting out in their career. 
everyone should be treated the same because you just never know where that's gonna go so yeah and also I think like yeah always say yes the network I think is really important you've got a network because that's where so many of these jobs come up it's like oh I can't do this can you cover for me and then that person covers for you and then they might actually end up taking the job from you because you need to do something else in the future and you're like okay you can have that job now great brilliant you did that really well so yeah network and Always say yes, if you possibly can. Uh, Probably my two pieces of advice. And like you say, it kind of comes back to the answer that you gave about how you got into this musical director role here for Strange Things. Like obviously last year, you had your original musical director who couldn't do some of the dates and then you stepped in and then you managed to get the job currently that you're doing now from that time. And obviously, it's like you say, you've got to be nice because you never know where it's going to lead. Even though there were only a couple of dates last year, it's now you having this role on tour back in London for its Christmas season and just being with the company again. Yeah, absolutely. You just never know where it's going to go. So it's always interesting looking back as well and trying to create like a linear narrative of your job. Like you're like, how did I get this job? Oh my God, it goes back like 10 jobs. It's really crazy and kind of scary (laughs) sometimes. You you always get to that point where obviously you're searching for so many jobs like really early on in your career. And then suddenly you get to a point where people are asking you whether or not you can do dates and jobs like this because you've worked with them before. I work as a stage manager and I've got a job lined up in January in London because of a show that I did in February 2022, which was, you know, over a year ago. But I was working with the director then and now they're working on another show in January and they're like, are you available? Because, you know, I must have presented myself quite well in February 2022 that they then want to work with me again in January 2024. The connections are always there. Yeah, and they're always going, like the network's always building, even if you think it isn't. People are always talking about you, whether it's good or bad, but, you know, people are always being like, oh, try this person, try this person. I mean, I honestly have about two to three conversations a day of just people being like, can you recommend people for this? Like, I need an audition pianist for this. And like, your name is being thrown about so much, you've just got to trust the process. And yeah, I think it's important as well if you're starting out very early on. And I think it's that thing of once you're kind of in with the group of people that can help you, you know, get jobs, I think you're sorted. But I I think trying to break into that group can be quite difficult. And I think that's where people struggle and where like it can be really like you you know you lose morale a bit because you're like I can't get in but I think the best thing to do is message musical supervisors directors producers fixers and just ask if they want to go for a coffee or whether you can shadow them I think that's a really good way to build up a network of people yeah absolutely well those are wonderful pieces of advice Livia so thank you so much for speaking them and you know hopefully people listening to this podcast will be able to take those pieces of advice on board Olivia I've got one final question for you for today's podcast is the title of this podcast that's the stagey place and what I love to ask all of my guests is where their stagey place is so Olivia for you this may be a place that you've been to in the past which has really inspired you to become a musical director it may be that teacher in that performing arts secondary school that you know showed you the ropes of what to do with the keys and you know how to program your own keyboard you know it could be that journey to my fair lady when you were nine years old and you know you first 
saw a musical on stage and thought maybe I want to do this as a career or maybe it was when you did honk in school and you had the best time of your life maybe it's that bubble of that show that you did that has you know cemented the memory in your brain so Olivia for you answer me this whereabouts is your stagey place I think my stagey place would be the E.M. Forster Theatre in Tunbridge which is where I did honk yeah. um, at all of my school productions because that's really where the role of a musical director was born in my body, if you know what I mean. That's where I learned about the role. So yeah, final answer, the E.M. Forster Theatre in Tunbridge. That is wonderful. And it's so nice as well when I interview guests and they give me answers that aren't just about their career now and, you know, what they're doing currently or whatever. But it's that moment where they first discovered that they can do the job that they can do from such an early age. And the fact that, you know, you had such a positive experience doing Honk all those years ago and it really hasn't diminished where you are now because it's actually allowed you to further progress to become the musical director that you are today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It comes full circle. (laughs) It really does come full circle. It is so lovely to hear about those people who inspired you when you were so young. Well, Olivia, thank you so much once again for coming on to the Stagey Place. We have been talking today about Stranger Things, which, when this episode is released, is playing at the Southwark Playhouse in London for its festive season before then going out on tour all around the country until the end of May. 2024. We'll have all the dates for Stranger Things on tour in our episode notes wherever everyone is streaming this episode of The Stagey Place. But for now, Olivia, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. And there we go. That was my interview with Olivia Zakaria, the live musical director of Stranger Things, which is currently playing at the Southwark Playhouse in London until the 6th of January, before then touring all across the country until May 2024. I'd love to thank Olivia so much for coming on to the podcast. I thought this was a wonderful chat, and I hope you as the listener took something away also. Whether or not you're into musical directing or not, it's nice to know the appreciation of what it's like to be a musical director on a musical stage. If this is the first time that you've listened to The Stagey Place, then why not follow us on social media? We're on Instagram, X and TikTok, at The Stagey Place, where you'll find out a little bit more about all the episodes that we release and the shows that we go and see across the country. Recently on Instagram, we released our top 10 shows of 2023, so that's something that you can look forward to if you are yet to follow us on all the social media platforms. And so that's it for The Stagey Place in 2023. If you have been an avid listener to the podcast over the past year, thank you so much for joining us. We are not stopping here though, as we are going right the way through with all of our episodes into 2024. So I really hope that you continue to join us throughout this journey on The Stagey Place. So until you join us next time here on The Stagey Place, I hope you have a wonderful upcoming new year and that you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.